Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Gambler starts now. Here's Adam Kaufman. What's up, everyone? Welcome back in. It's The Gambler with Adam Kaufman. You're on WRKO. Of course, you can find us not only 10 to midnight here live on RKO, but of course, the podcast. Whenever, at your convenience, if you're driving into work in the morning, on the way home from work at night, on your lunch break, really anytime one listens to a podcast, maybe out walking your dog, just search The Gambler with Adam Kaufman wherever you find your podcast. Welcome in. It's good to have you here. It's good to be back with you. We had a one-night hiatus. We were off last night because... Well, honestly, uh, I didn't have much of a voice, so we uh, we we took a night. I'm uh, I'm still sort of chugging along, but uh, bear with me. I I may break into coughing fits, uh, but aside from that, we're gonna make two. Me, Dan Watkins, Brian Butt, we're all here, and we've got a couple of great guests lined up for you. Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, The College Experience. He's going to join us for a couple segments this hour to break down what lies ahead in college football this weekend. And next hour, Jeff Ulrich from Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life, as well as DraftKings, will join us to go game by game across the NFL with a pick, a lean, whatever it may be, for each and every game but don't think for one moment just because we did not have a show last night that we couldn't still have a people's parlay that we couldn't still have bankroll repairs that we couldn't still give you straights we had to be able to sweat something while watching what projected to be an absolutely putrid thursday night football game and so if you missed it shame on you this is why you follow us on the action app we posted our picks earlier, and Dan, you've hit your bankroll repair. Congrats. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, back-to-back nights. Mine hit last night as well. So uh, trying to build back there that uh, that positive, uh, that positive, you know, whatever. I don't even know what to call it. Just plus money. <laughs> yeah, we we, and, we, weeks, and we need it. days ago. We need it, absolutely. And your bankroll repair was plus 130, so that gets us a uh, little extra there as well. Hopefully I can do uh, my part as well. We'll see. As the night goes on, I don't even think we'll know by the time the show signs off because it involves some late-night basketball and hockey, but we'll keep an eye on it anyway. As far as the people's parlay, just just to track it, just to tell people what's going on. So here's what we built out. Okonkwo, need three catches out of him. Yeah, looking for So far, doesn't have any. Doesn't have a target. Nope, it's not great. Surprising, actually. I find it to be surprising. Same here. Will Levis is not going to... He seems not Levis, but uh, Okonkwo is is a fairly consistent part of this offense. Uh, I'm... Yeah, big time. A, a, a he, little surprised that Will Levis has not gotten him involved yet, but again, there's... The second half just started. There's plenty of game left. Derrick Henry rushing. So it, we, we have two... Uh, Dan went Derrick Henry over on rushing. I went Derrick Henry over on receiving. And Dan right now is 
in a good spot. 47 yards, needs 73, so he's tracking. Me, I'm just kind of confused, Dan, with, with mine right now. So I only need, I mean, truthfully, it could be one good catch and run gets us there. Yeah. I, I only need, you know, a dozen total yards. It's eight more to go. Need eight more yards out of Derrick Henry in the air. But what is a little befuddling to this point is... Good word. Thank you. Right out of the shoot, he had like three targets yeah. and two catches immediately when the game started. First drive, something like that. And I don't think he's been targeted since. No, Ty J. Spears has come in and uh, he's gotten quite a bit of the, the target share there when it comes to the receiving game. He's had two catches for 10 yards on three targets. Henry's two two catches, four yards, three targets. But it's been kind of both those catches were those like, you know, just panic dump off to the running back that's covered. But, you know, it's such, right. a, cl- it's such a quick throw that the running back can still catch it, but he's only he's not going anywhere. So they're both yeah. just quick little check downs. So we're going to need some more out of Derrick Henry and and some help from Will Levis there. For sure. Yeah, we might need it's the Steelers a, to take the lead here. Yeah, that too. It's a 13-10 Titans lead at the moment, midway through the third quarter, and uh, Kenny Pickett has been continuously unimpressive. Yeah. Really is. Uh, it's it's kind of been a theme all year, but uh, you know he's, he's trying to move this, this Steelers offense downfield. They're inside the 30 at this point in time, so uh, it's possible. In terms of their pass catchers, I'm just looking here. You know, Deontay Johnson's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Jalen Warren has been a factor in the passing game, as expected. Nashi Harris has actually been productive on the ground. Not getting hardly anything out of George Pickens, though. No, no. Tennessee's defense has been all over him tonight. Anytime they try to target him down the field, they've they've had someone right there on him. The Tennessee secondary's played really well. They've broken up a lot of passes tonight. It feels like they're already like around like eight or nine pass breakups, which is a very high number, especially early mm-hmm. on in the third quarter. But I need it's like they're moving inside the twenty now. Yeah, they just did a uh, little, little reverse play there. But I'm I'm sweating out a Kenny Pickett under on his pass attempts at thirty three and a half. I I was assuming with um you know that rib injury that they mm. you know, might run the ball a little more tonight than they have so far. But he just keeps trying to throw it in there, and it's not really going all that well for him. I think he's he's not even at hundred yards yet on twelve completions, which is he is not pathetic. No, <laughs> it's it's not great. I need a passing touchdown out of Will Levis. There was a promotion, I don't know if you saw it on FanDuel, yes. that was one passing touchdown and 50-plus rushing yards for Derrick Henry, boosted to plus 120. So, I mean, Henry should get there, no problem. Was that the, gr- that was the Gronk boost, on wasn't it? Yeah, that was the Might have been. I think it was. Yeah, I, I'm not good at paying attention to to what these things are called. But, <laughs> yeah, might might have, might have been the Gronk boost. Uh, I'll tell you, if you took the under, by the way, in the Bruins-Maple Leafs game, which I did, Good for you. You're guaranteed to hit yep. because it's 2-2 going to a shootout. So, you know, under 5.5, obviously, we're going to land on 5. But that one was scary for a while because it was one goal. Just the Bruins led one nothing after one. It's like, all right, yeah, we're we're tracking. We're, we're good. And then the two teams combined for three goals in the first seven minutes or something like that of the second period. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was... A, 2-2 game. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's going to be toast. And then nobody scored the rest of the way. Wow. Bizarre. Yep, and... Bruins are guaranteed a point, though. So that uh, point streak continues no matter what happens tonight against the Maple Leafs. 8-0-1 as they stand right now, and hopefully 9-0-1 when the shootout concludes. And we got George Pickens sighting. George Pickens touchdown. Pittsburgh is ahead. Good. So 
And the Bruins won. And the Bruins won. Look at that. Hey, look at this. Good, <laughs> good news all around. Big 30 seconds for teams that wear black and gold. Right? <laughs> Where's 30. Brad Marchand singing black and yellow at a parade? There you go. Hey, We Mason, need it. Uh, Mason Lowry, by the way, very impressed by him so far. You know, they build this kid as one of their top prospects, and he looked the part. He fit right in. Helped uh, big time in that first play, first goal, one point for him. He had the uh, the secondary assist where he found Brandon Carlo, who then found Pavel Zaka for the goal. So really good night out of him. Very impressive. And they're going to need it. Matt Grizzlick's out until probably the end of November at least, and then Charlie McAvoy, you know, deservedly so, got suspended for four games after that dump sure. play he made the other night. Yeah, dirty. So, but that's big. That's a big, devel- uh, you know, development there for the Bruins going forward. Look, anytime that uh, they can actually have prospects come up and help, it is encouraging and, yeah, because and, there was there was a, a years-long period of time where that was hard to come by. Oh, wow, that catch just got taken off the board. Fourth and three. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Why? So I, I was looking at the box score trying to figure out why it hadn't updated yet. So why'd they pull it back? I don't think he got both feet in. I didn't see. I was looking at the Bruins. Uh, I didn't see the replay there, but we got a field goal attempt coming up in this game. So makes you feel kind of stupid when you dance to celebrate the touchdown. Yeah, and they take the touchdown Definitely. away, doesn't it? Absolutely, not sure. great. Sure does. Pickens on the sideline, trying to plead his case. All right, tie game. All right. Well, <laughs> not great. How long would that touchdown have been? Were they right around the twenty? Yeah, it was like a seventeen-yarder. Yeah, needed that. Need some yards. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, clear, clearly out of bounds. Second foot did not come down. So it's very, it's you and I. For anyone listening who doesn't know this, you and I are not in the same place, and it's it's very challenging when when you're so far ahead of me. Yeah, it, it, it depends on the <laughs> event too. It depends on what game yeah. we're watching. Some nights you're ahead, some nights I'm ahead. So very strange. Just got to roll with it. <laughs> well, I did go with the over on Boswell's field goals, so at least that hit there right there. Very good. That's, you know, that's a good thing. All right. So, as I mentioned, here's what we have. Thursdays are our favorite nights. And the reason for that is it's all football for two hours, loads and loads of picks. As mentioned before, Colby Dant, he's been on with us before. He's going to come on next segment, stick around for a couple, and uh, preview the college weekend ahead. And then uh, Jeff Ulrich goes game by game across the NFL. Next hour, we will give you people's parlays for both college and the NFL. Bankroll repairs, lots of straights. We've got a ton of good stuff. And also, want to mention, depending on where you are listening, our friends up north, our friends in Maine, can start to bet tomorrow. Oh, look at that. Very nice. Legalize gambling in Maine tomorrow. It's a wonderful thing. I make a lot of trips to Maine, and it's always, it's like a race against the clock. When I'm in the car, you know, my wife will be driving, sitting on my phone trying to place bets, keeping an eye on, you know, what when I'm going to hit that border, because I know as soon as I cross over, done i get the notification like you're out of geographical range you can't like sorry no you're done Uh uh-uh not anymore next trip to maine i can keep on betting is that a good thing no it'll probably be during baseball season yeah there is that (laughs) i'm not i'm not gonna lie part of it i i did sort of look at it as a that like the geographical restrictions as uh another way that the you know, like the the gamble, gambling responsibly kind of thing. Like the that that was the books controlling me. It was like, all right, listen, if if you're gonna if you're gonna leave the region, you can't gamble. Like, all right, well, that's probably good for me. Yeah, but uh, handcuffs are off. 
So, uh, yeah, thanks to uh, our guy Bill Spiros for uh, reminding me of that as well. He's been on with us. We'll have to have him back on pretty soon. He had an article earlier today that ESPN is uh, launching its sports book, obviously, after that acquisition from Barstool, launching its sports book uh, pretty soon here in the next couple weeks, actually. So uh, that's fun. That's exciting as well. Yet another sports book for us to sign up for and get free promos and everything like that. It's, oh, man. As if I wasn't busy enough. All right, let's step aside when we come back. Colby Dan from the College Experience, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He comes on with us next. It's The Gambler with Adam Kaufman. We are back. The Gambler with Adam Kaufman here on WRKO. And it's time to talk college football for the next couple of segments and preview the weekend. Obviously, what's great is that we have college football going on right now between the uh, four games happening tonight. So it's it's not just the weekend. It's not just Saturdays we have to look forward to. There's even a couple of games tomorrow. How about locally? Boston College taking on Syracuse. That game happening in New York. Let's bring in... Colby Dant, who is from the College Experience, hosts the College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can get him on Twitter or X at the Colby D. Colby, how are you, man? Yeah, doing great. Thanks oh, for beautiful. Me on the show. So uh, let's let's just look ahead to uh, to the weekend in general. We'll get more specific certain games, obviously, Dan and I. But uh, what are some of your favorite spots from just? entertainment value right down to obviously games you're most excited to bet on well from entertainment value sign me up for the final the final version of bedlam i I think you know i don't know if you've heard mike gundy and brian bosworth going back and forth but you know it's a rivalry that i i think the whole world kind of wants to see continue on despite this move you know for the sooners to go to the sdc and knowing that we're not going to have it, I think is unfortunate. But just uh, Oklahoma State getting one more shot to uh, take out Big Brother, I think, is just a fascinating game. And then the fact that you add in the 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 the, the Big Twelve championship, this is a like Oklahoma State wins this, they kind of have the inside track to playing in the Big Twelve championship. And you could say the same for the Sooners. Uh, it's in Stillwater. I've been to that stadium. It's super close to the field, so I'm sure the fans will be rocking. And uh, I actually, I, I think, uh, to, to add into the gambling side of it, I think Oklahoma State's live to, to win that game. Yeah, I like that pick a lot, Colby. I saw him earlier this week right around plus 200 on the money line. Scooped that up. Obviously, I like him on the spread, but let's kind of dig into this one here from the gambling uh, standpoint. As you just mentioned, the Cowboys kind of appear to be the sexy upset pick. <laughs> This week, uh, they've won four in a row. The Sooners, they're licking their wounds, just got upset by Kansas. The week before that, they struggled mightily with UCF. Ollie Gordon is just a menace right now, a man on fire. Back-to-back games with over 270 yards on the ground, 7.7 yards per carry. But what are we going to get here on Saturday on Saturday afternoon? Are we going to get that Sooner bounce back, or does Mike, Mike Gundy get the last word here? I mean, I think Mike Gundy's going to get it. I think Oklahoma, I had been saying it on my show, I thought they were fool's gold. That that Texas game, I feel like you throw out the records every year in that game because it's always going to be crazy for the most part. I know the year prior was a crazy blowout, but that, that was about the only time I can remember in my childhood, just a dominating performance. Uh, but, you know, I, I really believe Oklahoma, they didn't play anyone in the non-con. They got at what SMU at home, but SMU still hasn't beat a team with a winning record. 
I thought they were a little bit of fool's gold all, all year. The receivers don't really have anyone that stands out to me. The, the defense, uh, although statistically early on we're playing great, we've seen Cincinnati's offense since then. Cincinnati's offense, not good. You know, Iowa State's offense had struggles, uh, especially in the beginning of the year when they had all the suspensions. And, and then you, you, you go and say, oh, well, Tulsa, they got Tulsa with their third-string quarterback. Um, I, I kind of just think they were fool's gold. And then they gave up over 200 yards on the ground to Kansas last week. I thought UCF exposed them some. I think Oklahoma State's going to be able to with that run game. Uh, and, and they should be able to. I just think they're the better football team right now is Oklahoma State. And you add in the fact they're at home, you add in all the other spice of it being the final bedlam and Mike Gundy being a, a uh, you know an Oklahoma State cowboy himself back in the 80s. I think it's just a perfect spot for Oklahoma State to win that game. So Alabama-LSU is a game that some books, I'm looking at FanDuel right here, have boost options available to people, obviously. It's always nice when you can, you know, up your bet by 30 or 50%, whatever it is. Bama is favored by three points at home in Tuscaloosa against LSU. Uh, winners of six straight, the Crimson Tide as well. So they're not, uh, you know, not dead yet, obviously. What's the right way to bet this game, you think? Oh, I love the uh, I, I love the LSU side here. I, I I think Alabama hasn't really played, with the exception of Quinn Ewers, a quarterback that can expose them. Now, Alabama's defense is really good. When I say expose them, I mean play catch up. Make your offense have to score. You could argue Ole Miss, but I, Ole Miss is kind. Of, they kind of run what Oklahoma does, kind of that gimmick offense. I think. LSU with Jaden Daniels and those receivers that LSU have, uh, you know, from from uh, from neighbors to, to to Thomas, even the tight end Mason Taylor and, uh, and Kyron Lacey. I think they can. Ex- I can th- think they can really present a lot of challenges for L- or for Alabama to have to play catch up, and that's when I think you get them in trouble because when you put them in predictable downs where Milrow's going to have to throw the ball and the defense knows it, and LSU secondary hasn't been very good this year. But I think getting them in that spot is the key to winning the game. And I think give me the more experienced quarterback. You know, Jaden Daniels, I feel like, has been in college since, you know, the Obama administration, I feel like. So (laughs) getting that opportunity, you know, getting the opportunity to to have the better quarterback and just, in in my opinion, just the perfect, perfect matchup. I've been waiting for this game all year because I feel like LSU – matches up perfectly with them. Look at LSU's strength, the run defense. Well, what is Alabama's strength? The run game. So it's going to be fascinating, but I think LSU, even though on the road in that very tough place to play, I think LSU's the better team. Is the total in play here for this one, I mean, going over, can Jalen Milrow take advantage of this secondary this weekend and get us over 60 and a half? I think so. I think the big thing is, though, is if it, if a shootout does have, like, can Alabama score enough? I think that's where you get concerned. I, I expect LSU to score, you know, in the 30s at least, you know. So can Alabama get there is the question. Um, I actually think if I had to, I would lean under just because I don't think Alabama will be able to, to score. That's not their game. If they have to sit back and pass with Milrow all day, if they go down, you know, seven nothing or fourteen nothing, you have to and you have to play that. Uh, I, I really think Alabama is going to feel very uncomfortable with that. You go back and watch each game, the Texas A and M game. I thought Milrow threw a lot of balls that, you, even though he, he threw, you know, for a good number, there were a lot of questionable balls 
where, you know, if he does that against a, a better defense, now I know you can say LSU's pass defense is bad, just like A&M's, but getting him in that, in that spot where the defense knows you're passing, I felt like A&M never got them there. And I think that's the key to the game is for LSU to strike early and make Alabama have to do that. So we can get one more in here before we got a break. Uh, and let's – Big Noon, what a game we have Big Noon on Fox uh, starting right away to start off the day on Saturday. Number 23, Kansas State at number 7, Texas. The Longhorns, they're laying four points at home. Colby, let me just full discretion here. I have a national championship ticket on Texas, and I am absolutely terrified going into this weekend. Kansas State, they've won three in a row. Will Howard, Avery Johnson, both playing very well for the Wildcats. Malik Murphy on Texas' side, the backup quarterback there. He wasn't asked to do a ton against BYU last week. Might be a different story this weekend against Kansas State. That defense has not allowed a touchdown in the past two games. Where are we going here? I mean, I think right now you have to take Kansas State. Murphy didn't do enough for me with his arm last week to make me believe that that they can just, you know, take down K-State. Now, maybe maybe Texas ends up winning by seven, but I think I think Kansas State, I think what they've lost, six in a row to Texas, five of those six have been by a score or less. So you're, you're telling me that was with Quinn Ewers. That was with, that was with uh, you know, uh, Casey Thompson, guys that I think are much better passing quarterbacks. Uh, Kansas State's got a top 25 rush defense, and I think they're going to be able to bottle up Jonathan Brooks and Baxter and all those backs and make Miles Murphy beat you. And I don't know that he can. And then on the other side of it, I do think uh, Texas will be able to, you know, I don't think this will be a blowout by any means because Texas, Texas, I think the, the, the clear weakness is the, the, the secondary. I don't know if Kansas State can exploit that secondary. So I think this could kind of be a rock fight. But what you mentioned uh, Howard and Avery Johnson, the, the freshman quarterback who's emerging. I think they can do enough where they can they can stress out a little bit of Texas's defense there. I look for Ben Sinat, a tight end that Kansas State has to have a big day. He could be the X factor. Uh, but I like the points in, in Kansas State, and I think they're alive to win the game too. So, Colby, what we're going to do when we come back, we'll preview some more games, obviously, but we're also going to build out our people's parlay which you have done with us before i believe we're going to uh each offer a leg you dan me and uh give us something to sweat over the weekend hopefully make people some money out there who are listening as well so we will do that on the other side i'm excited i'm digging up how i feel about my pick right now and uh hopefully you know we can all give out some winners to the people so colby dan is here from the college experience sports gambling podcast network we'll be right back after this Colby Dance is with us from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, looking ahead to the college football weekend. And, uh, Colby, I'm going to steal my guy Dan Watkins' thunder here, and I'm going to ask about Notre Dame. Near and dear to his heart, obviously. Notre Dame taking on Clemson. And uh, looks like, I'm looking at the splits, about 85% of the handle, almost 90% of the bets are on the Fighting Irish on the road, minus three in this one. How do you expect it to play out? I mean, I, I think I'm on Clemson. I think Clemson at home is one of the toughest environments in college football. I thought that should have been Florida State, really. When you look back at that game, I thought they were the better team that particular day. And Florida State got very fortunate to have that strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. You add that, uh, Notre Dame obviously loses their star tight end, Mitchell, Mitchell Evers for, uh, or Evans for the, uh, for the rest of the season last week. Uh, and just going into that hostile environment, Notre Dame's receivers, I don't think, are that good, and I think they're going to try to focus on the run game. I think uh, Clemson's run defense is still solid, especially at home, 
And uh, Dabo's had a crazy week. You know, it feels like it's kind of getting away from him. I, I think the players rally for him. And I think another week in uh, Garrett Riley's offense, you know, I think each week they're taking little steps. They're not there yet. But, uh, you know, I think the offense at home can play a decent game. And I think the defense can bottle up Sam Hartman and company uh, and, and really, really stop the run game. I like Clemson. I think they're alive to win, and, win it when it, they're uh, on the money line. So we have a very interesting game in the SEC in the late afternoon window. Number 12, Missouri. They head to Georgia to take on the number two Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, it feels like Kirby might finally have some legit disrespect cards to play in his locker room this weekend uh, <laughs> with the committee ranking them number two instead of, uh, you know, ranking them number one. But anyways... Georgia barely escaped last year in Columbia against this Missouri team. I feel like the over might be in play here, though, Colby. 55 and a half, 56.5. We got two quarterbacks that are playing really well in Brady Cook and Carson Beck. Uh, what do you what do you feel on this one? Uh yeah, I think if I had to lean, I would lean over there. But I, I do like Georgia to handle their business here. I know last year they almost lost in Columbia, but this year. Uh, uh, you know, I think the fact that Mizzou seven and one, the ranking, the disrespect potentially that you're, that Kirby will will say, I, I don't think personally, like to me, that really matters. If you're in the, if you win the SEC, you're in the playoffs. So, but you know, uh, I, if you're a coach, you use that, you use that ammunition. So, uh, I, I think he'll use it. I think they'll kind of put it on. I think it's a bad matchup personally for Missouri. Missouri's got a very good passing offense. I like their wideouts, but I think that's the strength of the Georgia defense. And you're going to make Brady Cook, who I still at times can be – he can be very inconsistent. Uh, so I think between the hedges, I think Georgia kind of puts it on them. I like laying the points there, even though it's after that world's biggest cocktail party. I, I understand that point of the spot, but I just think Georgia's too good between the hedges. Uh, but, yeah, I do think, you know, Missouri could probably get some garbage points and, uh, and and Georgia will be able to put up a decent number, I think, on that defense. So I, I, I do lean over there, too. I'm trying to say, what about... Um... we got to talk U- uh, Washington, USC. Uh, sure, great. let's the, mix it in. Yeah, the total right now, Adam, it's sitting at 76.5, and, and if this is what it goes off at a kickoff, it would be the highest in the FBS this season. Colby, Washington, they they absolutely just blew up my bets by my card last weekend. I laid the 26.5, 27.5, whatever it was at Stanford. They look terrible. Now they go and play USC, who's looked terrible for, like, it feels like a month now. What do you expect in this one out west? You know what's crazy is that that, that number's so big, and I think I still would take the over. Right. <laughs> um, uh, just because both defenses look very, very shaky. And, uh, you know, I do think it, it's a tricky spot for Washington after the way they looked the past two weeks. I still, at the end of the day, I went Huskies mainly because something just doesn't – I'm here. I, I live in Los Angeles. Something just doesn't seem right with USC this year. I don't know if it's the locker room. I don't know if it's Lincoln Riley. There's rumors. Oh, could he be looking at the NFL? I have no idea, but something just does not seem right. They should have lost to Cal. In my opinion, Cal yeah. Cal beat Cal. USC didn't beat Cal. Um, so I, I still say at the end of the day, Kalen DeBauer and Washington are, are I, I think, the better football team. I think their defense is better. Uh, I know they have some issues with, with some injuries right now, but I still think right now, give me Washington minus three. 
And I, I actually like the over better than playing the game because I can still see Caleb Williams and them getting Washington, especially the way they've looked the past two weeks. But, uh, you, you know, picking pick this game, if you're forcing me to pick it, I think I lean Washington minus three there. Yeah, I mean, how many games has USC had this year that have been in the 90s for the total? I feel I feel like they've had like three or four of them already. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, the defensive coordinators. There's got to be a happy hour somewhere just for those defensive coordinators. You know, as good as Michigan's offense obviously is, you know, that's why people want to put, like, J.J. McCarthy in the Heisman conversation and all of that. The defense is really where it's at. And Michigan home this weekend against Purdue, we know which way the game is going to go. My only question is, do you think Michigan realistically covers the 32.5 points? I don't think so. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do think so. I think all throughout the season, whether it was East Carolina, whether it was UNLV, they were calling off the dogs. I think right now, knowing the national media, you know, and the way this story is getting attacked, the fact they were on by last week and didn't get a chance to, to really prove that point that, hey, you know, we, we are a darn good football team, you know, whether you think we're stealing signs or not. You know, and I think they're going to put, they're going to prove it and put it on Purdue here. I love laying the number here with the Wolverines uh, against Ryan Ryan Walters' bunch. So there's a couple really interesting unders and like historic unders this weekend. So we got Iowa and Northwestern. That game's sitting at thirty and a half right now. And then we also have a service academy game, Army and Air Force. That one's sitting at thirty two and a half. We know the stat by now. It's like eighty five percent of the time in these service academy games in the last twenty years, it goes under even at that low of a uh, low of a total. But uh, any any lean in either one of those games with those just really really poor totals. I mean, I would lean. I actually like the under in both, but but um, I, I I do like Army in the points. You know, I get it. Army did this. In my opinion, they overreacted to a rule change. They brought in this pass, trying to go to this passing offense. You know, where they're throwing like way more than they they traditionally do, and that's led to more turnovers because they don't really have efficient quarterback play. However, though, they do play against a triple option. They did. They they were a triple option team in the past you know, decades. But I think that will be able to, to keep them in the game, knowing that they're going to know what Air Force is trying to do. The key is not turning the ball over on offense. I think Munkin, the head coach of Army, is going to is going to try to, to run a little bit more than traditionally in this game. So I, I like taking the points in the Black Knights on the road there in Denver. And uh, I do like the under. I think you've got to play the under just because, Army's offense really hasn't been able to do much this year. And if you go back to that uh, Navy-Air Force game, I know the final score was 17-6, but it probably should have ended at 7 nothing. So I, I, I think, uh, you know, play the under. They've been, they've been hitting for forever, I feel like. And same with Iowa Northwestern. If anything, I like taking the points in Northwestern. I think it's probably going to be a three-point game. They might even be able to win it on the money line. Love that it's at Wrigley to honor the history of college football, but um, <laughs> I think even even the Wrigley angle gives you another reason to take the under. You know, so I've been playing this on a baseball field. Uh, I, I'll take the under in that game. I think it's going to be something like a thirteen ten, maybe a seventeen fourteen type of game. Um, but give me give me the under in both games. All right, guys, let's get into it with a people's parlay for college football. And as mentioned, the way this works, Dan will give a leg. Colby here will give a leg. I'll give a leg. We'll put them together. And 
hopefully make ourselves some money this weekend and all of you out there listening as well. Colby, you being the guest, start us off. What is your absolute favorite play this weekend? I'm going to take you to Ames, Iowa. Uh, look, I know there's the thing, fade uh, anytime, you know, you have a, a – I mean, Kansas hadn't beaten a top-10 team at home since the 1980s. So uh, that happened. But also, I think Iowa State is flying under the radar. I don't think the, that the, the books have adjusted to how good the Cyclones t- team has come along. And if you look back at last year's game, where Iowa State had Hunter Deckers who got suspended and had a lot, you know, more talented roster, they uh, they probably should have won. And, you know, they lost, what, 14 to 11, if memory serves me correct. And that was a game I think they outgained Kansas by over 100 yards. Matt Campbell knew how to shut that offense down. And that was with Jalen Daniels, who we don't think is going to play this week. It's Jason Bean. One thing about Jason Bean is he throws a lot of dangerous passes. I, that's not going to fly against Iowa State's defense in Ames, especially love the opportunity of fading them after they threw the goalpost in that lake. So I, I think Iowa State's going to take care of Kansas, get revenge from last season, limit them. Last year, they, Devin Neal only rushed for 75 yards against them. So I think they're going to bottle up that rushing attack. And Iowa State, the, the story I think to, to follow here is Rocco Beck, the, the son of Anthony Beck, the former Jets tight end, He's gotten better each and every week. The run game's gotten better. These receivers, they're incredibly young last year. Obviously, you add those suspensions to it this year. They've been, you know, growing up before our eyes. So I like Iowa State to get it done in Ames. So this is Iowa State minus two and a half or money line? Uh, no, I like minus the two and a half. Sorry, I should have clarified that. No, no, no. Very good. Dan, what do you have? All right, I'm going to start us right off at noon, and I'm going to head to Oxford, Mississippi. I'm going to take Ole Miss minus three. Uh, Texas A&M's been terrible on the road. They've played two road games. They've lost both of them. Uh, Ole Miss, they've been really good as a favorite this season. 5-1 against the spread. They're sitting at number 10 right now in the playoff rankings. They need to keep racking up some wins here to have a shot to go to the SEC championship game and maybe make some noise and possibly sneak into the playoffs, which is just a wild thought. Uh, But anyways, Jackson Dart playing really well at home, so give me the Rebels minus three. Well, guys, for me, uh, we, we say it sometimes on this show. It's a popular expression. The best bias is confirmation bias. My pick already before we started talking about this game was the over in Georgia, Missouri. And the fact that our conversation went that way, it only makes me feel better about it. I just think we're going to get a just a buttload of points in this game. I'm very excited about it. I don't think Georgia's defense is uh, necessarily... What we've seen throughout the year as compared to an offense as potent, obviously, as Missouri's on the other side. I think we're going to see a whole chunk of points. It was one of the first things that I bet earlier in the week. The, I think I got it at 55.5. It's 56.5 now. Even still, we'll go over. So you put these three picks together, and if I'm not mistaken, looks like FanDuel might be the best spot. I see plus 604 on these three plays. Again, that is uh, over 56.5 Missouri and Georgia. That is Iowa State minus 2.5 against Kansas and Ole Miss minus 3 against Texas A&M. It's a good-looking parlay, fellas. Beautiful. I love it. Fantastic. Let's go. Awesome. I was I was tempted. It wouldn't, you, you got me excited about Michigan covering because I, I love taking that stroll down Narrative Street. I was thinking about that, but I'm going to stay with my original pick. All right, good stuff, Colby. Awesome having you on. We appreciate it. We'll definitely talk again soon. Thanks for having me, and appreciate it. Let's, let's go. Absolutely. It's cash parlay this weekend, fellas. When we come back, we'll give out more picks 
three bankroll repairs. It's time for your bankroll repair, powered by today's collision. Pittsburgh driving, trying to take lead on Tennessee, and uh, obviously keeping a close eye on that. Only about four minutes to go in regulation in this one as well, and they are down inside the five. We'll keep you posted on this game. Thanks again to Colby Dant. A lot of great stuff from him on uh, college football. Had fun building out our college football-focused people's parlay as well. And uh, now it's time to hand out some bankroll repairs for the weekend. We're going to do three of them. Uh, one for me, one for Dan, one for Brian Butt here, and... Uh, Let's see. We split our two bankroll repairs yesterday. Today we are 1-0 so far, hoping for 2-0. We will see. But, uh, Brian, start us off. What do you have? Yeah, we're going to start on Saturday and go uh, Penn State Moneyline. They're going to Maryland this Saturday. Uh, and then we're going to change two totals for Sunday. Uh, Bills-Bengals, we're going over 42. And Cardinals-Browns, we're going under 47. That brings you to plus 110 on DK. Okay. Dan, what are you looking at? Brian, I'm going to literally one-up you. My uh, three-leg parlay here is plus 111 on DraftKings. Uh, <laughs> mine is all Saturday, and we're going to start off in the Big Ten. Nebraska on the money line. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be the sweat here for this parlay. Uh, but anyways, Nebraska, they're playing really well. Matt Rule has got that team playing really, really well right now. They've won three in a row. Michigan State, they haven't won since uh, like Labor Day. So it's been a while. They're terrible. That program's in shambles. Let's get Nebraska on the money line, and then we're going to take two big favorites on the money line. Ohio State and the Georgia Bulldogs on the money line for both those. Add them up. Plus 111. DK. All right. And uh, in the time that we have remaining, I am going to do three legs, all money line, two in the NFL on Sunday. A couple of heavy favorites, the Cleveland Browns against Arizona, as well as the New Orleans Saints taking on the Bears. But first, we got to get through Saturday, and that is a win for Tulane against ECU. Tulane 7-1, ECU 1-7. You do the math. Put those three together, and I'm looking at minus 126, I believe. Uh, let me see. Minus 126 on DraftKings is what I'm looking at. So that's what we're going to do. All right, when we come back, hour number two with Jeff Ulrich. We'll go game by game across the NFL. That was your bankroll repair powered by today's collision with locations in Malden, Chelsea, Stoneham, and Danvers. Check them out at todayscollision.com. The Gambler starts now. Here's Adam Kaufman. Hour number two of The Gambler with Adam Kaufman here on WRKO. Welcome back. Again, great stuff in hour number one from Colby Dant, college experience, talking about college football. Now, though, we move to the NFL. And for the better part of this hour, we will have Jeff Ulrich here with us from Fantasy Life. That's Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life, if you didn't know. As well as DraftKings, we will go game by game across the entire NFL Weekend Slate give you a pick, a lean, whatever it may be for each game. And in just about a half hour, we will build out a parlay, a pro football-focused people's parlay for you. So we have yet another thing to sweat this weekend. You can find Moose on Twitter, at the Fantasy Grind, obviously a uh, close friend of this program. He's been on with us many, many times. Lost Jeff, count. how are you, bud? No, I, I listen. It's eleven. I, I just didn't want to. Yeah, I, I know the exact number. I just didn't want to, you know, make him feel any certain way. I'm doing great. I, I appreciate the fact I moved into close friend status. I assume that's a, like a collection of like me and two other guests. So I'm feeling great, man. Thanks. Appreciate that. 
Listen, you uh, you are our leading appearance person at the 11, but you're going to be passed soon because we have Mark Dankenbring from what? Establish the Run. Yeah, he comes on with us every single week for we do this thing called Target Tuesday. He's big into the NFL wow. fantasy space, and he yeah he gives people the the targets for their waiver wire claims and guys they got to you know put in for and, and he does it every Tuesday during the football season. So in a couple of weeks, unless we just you know start to have you on even more frequently, then you know yeah you're you're not going to be number one anymore. This, this is the way you're you're set away of telling me I have to step up my game. Okay, challenge accepted. Let's go. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, wh- before we get into this weekend and and the Sunday games, uh, what do you thought of this this barn burner between the Titans and Steelers? Uh, looks, we're not quite there yet. Two minutes away. Looks like we're on our way to cashing another primetime under. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, just from the pers- like as entertaining as a lower scoring game can be. You know, I, I think Levis held up really well against the the rush. Um, I. I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers. Their offense is just pathetic, but, you know, they, they did enough there. Um, I cashed the Deontay Johnson touchdown, so I'm happy. Um, Going to lose the rest of my bets. But, you know, other than that, um, you know, I, I think that Deontay Johnson, um, you know, from a, from a week-to-week perspective, kind of the main cog in this offense, Jalen Warren. Steelers might be able to get it together, but it looks like they're going to pick up another win here. Lucky to be where they are. Uh, I think five and three now, but, um, you know, not a team I'd have a ton of confidence in yet either going down the road. Just really stupid play calling by the Titans there on that, on that last drive. Oh, that was ridiculous. It just, that it, was ridiculous. It drives, what are you doing? Like, it drives me nuts. We see more and more teams doing this now on third and short, fourth and short. Instead of, yeah. you know, trying to just pick up the first down, keep moving the chains, nope, let's take a shot 30 yards down the field on a sideline fade, which is just its stupid. You have one of the best running backs we've seen in the last 20 years in Derrick Henry. He's not even on the yeah. field or th- for third or fourth down to pick up four yards. Yeah, and then, I mean, like, running it twice there is a little suspect as well. I get giving Henry a, a carry, but I think once you get to third and four, like, you know, maybe give Hopkins a couple targets, too. It's, or where's, where's Chickaconqua tonight? Yeah. <laughs> where's there's, he been? Well, that's what I don't get at all, Jeff. We had built out a parlay for this game, and that's going to be the only leg that doesn't hit. And it, it's not yeah. it, it, it's not like it was a bad pick or anything like that. I mean, he has had at least, let's say an average of four or five targets per game. And tonight, not even one. No. I mean, it's, you know, it's when you're dealing with an offense like Tennessee's. I mean, if you're not DeAndre Hopkins, the targets can kind of come and go. You know, like Kyle Phillips is a guy who took a little step up last week. But, I mean, I didn't expect him to get, like, you know, 40 yards this week either. Yeah, I don't know. Chia Conquay was a real like preseason sort of hot name and he's just done nothing this year. It's, I think it's just the offense he's in, unfortunately. I just don't really, you know, maybe Levis can get him going more consistently going down, but this was uh, definitely a step back. All right, let's get into these games here and it begins bright and early, even earlier for you out in Western Canada in Germany between the Dolphins and Chiefs Sunday morning. That's a 9.30 a.m. Eastern game and this one's interesting for a number of reasons. I mean, obviously the Dolphins have been unreal against bad defenses. The Chiefs do not yeah. have a bad defense. In fact, they have a tremendous defense. And Patrick Mahomes is coming off of one of the worst, you know, games of his I don't know about one of the worst games of his career, but definitely the the worst loss of his season, although there was the report that he was playing with the flu in that game as well as they went down to the Broncos in Denver. And 
the only sort of narrative aspect that that people like to look for with games like this. So Miami has been in Germany, you know, bonding and and getting just sort of acclimated all the way since Monday, Jeff. Kansas City yeah. only went today. So how do you expect this game plays out on on Sunday? I expect that the the Dolphins probably get beat. I mean, I, I, you can bond all you want. Like, it's not going to turn you into an elite team. I, I think we've seen Miami struggle against better teams. Um, you know, they, like you said, they beat up the weaker opponents, and that's fine. But, you know, Buffalo absolutely handed it to them. Um, they, I, they just don't have, like, a ton of quality wins on their record for me. You know, Philly really handed it to them as well. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes off uh, these bad games is not someone you want to fade. Um, I, I think I, I think I may have brought this up on your show at one time, but you know when he's when he's coming off like a bad game, I mean his his record is um, is pretty spectacular. I don't have the exact number right in front of me, unfortunately, but um, it's you know he, he's something like like five and zero after like you know throwing less than two fifty and like less than a touchdown or something. Um, they're just very good at bouncing back. I think as you mentioned, the Chiefs' defense is going to be a problem. They bring pressure. Tua really isn't as good with pressure. I will take the Chiefs here at under the field goal. I just feel like there's, there's, you know, the, the public is trying to create something with Miami that's not quite there yet. If Miami gets a win here, I'll, I'll definitely take a different view of them going forward, though. You know, guys, I think we're overlooking the best bet of this game, though. I mean, there's just one factor that remains in question is, is Taylor going to Germany this weekend? Because if she's there, you, you got to smash every single over on Kelsey. <laughs> if she's not, you got to take all of his unders. Will we yeah, have that information I mean, in advance? I, I I think the the latest rumors are that she's not going, so it might be a it might be a slow day for for Travis there. Yeah, she yeah, it might to be to maybe a time to you know maybe maybe back at NBS touchdown or something. I don't know, but yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, let's squeeze this game in here. We can do this very, very quickly. Patriots Commanders here in Foxborough this Sunday. Uh, this spreads move to the Pats, laying three points. Jeff Washington, they just traded their two best defensive players. Uh, but the public, everybody's confused. How are you betting this game? It's a 50-50 split right now. I'm probably not betting this game. Um, <laughs> if I had to lean away, I would probably lean uh, towards the Patriots. I kind of like just fading the commanders coming off that, that wild game that, you know, Sam Howell had um, trading away a couple of players. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think the commanders will be that much worse, but Montez Sweat was, was a pretty big, um, a pretty big factor for them. I, I I'll, I'll, I'll side with the page. I wouldn't be shocked. If this just like was a push and ended like 20 to 17. That's just, that's what this game feels like. Kind of like the under in this one. That's actually one bet I was looking at and I could still get on. Um, I would lean the under in this game for sure. The Seahawks and Ravens, interesting game. Two good teams, obviously. Yeah. Seahawks at five and two. Ravens at six and two. And also, uh, two mobile quarterbacks, two pressure defenses on uh, on either side. So, you know, could be a, a a long day really for both Geno Smith and Lamar Jackson. How do you think this one goes? Yeah, this is definitely a game I I have bet actually already. Um, I was waiting for the Seahawks to get back to six. They did, thankfully. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised that they did. I, I don't. I don't know why the market really isn't giving Seattle a little bit more credit here. You know, they're they, since week one they have one loss. Um, uh, I believe they're four and two ATS. The last three games, you know, like they lost a close one to the Bengals by less than a touchdown. They covered against the Cardinals. They covered last week against the Browns. Now all of a sudden the line is up to six when it was like two and a half on the road against the Bengals. Doesn't make any sense to me. Baltimore's 
obviously a good team. The, the domination of Detroit is fresh in people's minds, but you know the rest of their season they've they've struggled in spots like this too. Um, struggled to put away a couple teams. They got beat by the Steelers. I think six points is too much. I really like Seattle in this spot a lot. I lean towards the under here as well. You mentioned the defenses, but uh, I really like Seattle plus six. So let's squeeze this game in here. We got the Cardinals taking on the Browns in Cleveland. Cleveland laying anywhere from eight to eight and a half. Jeff, the total of this one, it's stayed flat right at 37 and a half. Deshaun Watson, he's been limited in practice the past few days. We might see him. We also might see Kyler Murray. He was taken off the injury report, not listed anyway today, but he is still on the pup list. Uh, latest thing from Rap Sheet is that we're probably going to see Clayton Toon at least start this game, but what, where, how are you leaning here on this one? I'm leaning gross in this game. I mean, it's, uh, you know, eight points. It, it, I, I don't really want to, to back Cleveland here. I, I, I lean towards Arizona in this game. Um, the, the Kyler news is kind of weird at this point. I, I thought it was just going to be tuned straight up, and now Kyler might come in. I think it gives a little bit of a boost to Arizona, obviously, if, if the chance of Kyler potentially coming in and, you know, maybe a back door or something. But, you know, the Browns and T.J. Walker have been really competitive, nothing against T.J. Walker, but he's also a limited quarterback. And I don't think if Deshaun Watson plays, it's really a benefit for them at this point. Deshaun Watson hasn't been good. I think they've almost been more competitive. So I lean Arizona here, but this is, this is a pretty gross one. This is one I don't think you necessarily have to go out and bet, but I may end up putting a little bit on uh, the Cardinals at plus eight. Jeff Ulrich is here with us from Fantasy Life, and the Titans are they are trying. they got 90 seconds left, down by four, but with the ball all the way back in their own territory right around the 20, and Levis taking a sack here after he was almost picked off. So uh, they're running out of time, running out of downs, but we'll see if they can put something together in the time that we go to commercial break. We will be right back, and we'll continue previewing NFL games game by game across the weekend. Titans aren't dead yet, fellas. They are not dead yet. They've marched into Steelers' territory. Will Levis will not be denied. He's been helped out by some flags, but, uh, hey, whatever gets it done. We'll let you know what happens in this one. Jeff Ulrich's here from Fantasy Life, also DraftKings. We're going game by game across the NFL, giving you picks or at least feelings on all of them. And we are up now to the Buccaneers and Texans which is kind of an interesting one. I'm expecting a big bounce back, Jeff, out of C.J. Stroud. I know he struggled with the Panthers' defense last time out, obviously, but the Bucks are awful defensively, uh, pretty much across the board. I mean, they're really good at getting, you know, versus the rush, but uh, the, the Texans have no rushing game to speak of anyway. So Texans being at home, that, that would be my lean minus two and a half. It's something I've already bet, but how do you feel about this one? Yeah, pretty much the same way. Um, my, my only worry is that, like, the Texans, for some reason, have been trying. Like, last week, I, they blew the game because they, they ran too much. I mean, let's just let C.J. Stroud rip it here. Uh, I think they're kind of going to be forced to do that this week. Damian Pierce is also banged up. Uh, I do like the Texans. Texans. I like the matchup for Nico Collins in the secondary. Texans defense is also kind of starting to emerge here. You know, Baker Mayfield's playing a little banged up. It feels a little bit scary. You know, the Texans have regressed a little bit, obviously, but I think that I think they probably grabbed the win here. And at under three, I definitely lean out. I kind of like the under here as well. These are two teams have been playing a little bit slower pace. Um, you know, you mentioned the defense is bad, but, you know, Tampa can't run the ball either. Um, so I lean a little bit on the under, but I, I, I may end up betting the Texans as well with you. 
So we got this Rams-Packers game this weekend in Green Bay. This line opened up Rams minus one, but it swung to the Packers laying three points at home here. We have not seen Matthew Stafford at practice yet this week, Jeff. Uh, a couple of little betting nuggets for you. The Packers have uh, they've covered eight straight meetings against the Rams dating back to 07, but they're 0-4 against the spread in their last four games, which is tied for their longest against the spread losing streak in the last decade. How are you betting this one? So I, I, I kind of like some props in this game. I like looking at Christian Watson to go over. I think it was 41.5, um, you know, going to these old lines here. The Rams secondary has really started to fail lately. I actually think that this is a spot where the Packers offense can pick up a little steam. So I lean Packers here. I think if you could get this under three, I would, I would probably take a bet. I don't know if I'll actually end up betting the game or just take some overs on Packers receivers like that. Um, but I, I think it's a spot where Jordan Love can potentially pop up a little bit. Um, the Rams really don't bring pressure. Um, they're, they're bottom five, bottom 10 team in terms of pressure rate. Jordan Love has been one of the most pressured quarterbacks all season. And um, I, I think that like the lack of pressure is going to free him up a little bit. I think it's going to free Christian Watson up a little bit as well. So lean Packers like the over there with Christian Watson. That's a bet I've already made as well. Guys, I, I need to, we'll get back to the games in a second. Yeah, this, no. this game, say, this game, well, so the game the game's about to end. Uh, Will Levis, you know, went for the end zone. He turned it over on downs. But I think our people's parlay just cashed in the most ridiculous yeah, Jake, Jake fashion. Was getting did he get three heavy targets? He got three. He oh got my three. god! It was absolutely he got, insane. He got three. He got three catches in the last. Like, he didn't have a single catch all game, and he got three catches in the last like seventy five seconds of this game. That is absolutely absurd. Oh my god! We needed that so bad with how how terrible this week started. And I boosted this too up to like plus eight fifty on the parlay. What a hit! What an absurd cash. Oh, my God. I kept seeing it pop up on my screen because I've got it on the screen beside me. I was going to say something. I'm like, Chicken Conquest got like a couple of balls. I don't, I don't know what you guys had or what you needed, but. I so we, we, yeah, go that's ahead. That was Derek the, we, Henry we, hit we, by one yard on the over <laughs> for rushing. Well, yeah, that's what's crazy, too. So we, we needed Henry rushing over, which barely got there. Uh, Henry over on receiving, which, you know, he had one long catch and run so that got there by a mile but we needed the over two and a half receptions for a conquo which looked dead in the water all game i can't believe that just cashed and i can't believe i didn't boost it with you and i can't believe i didn't use it as my 50 dollars no sweat bet yeah definitely no sweating on that one <laughs> yeah there would have been lots of sweating but a, a oh, hell of a lot of cashing as well oh that, my god that's that's great that's awesome the show needed that bad we're going to be up quite a few units today yeah, that's uh, that's why. I mean, I, I wish I wish the show could take credit for your, uh, you know, for your boost. That's that's yeah, unfortunately right. not going to happen. But it's, it's still like uh, five fifty or whatever. So yeah, no, it's great. We'll do some math a little bit later on. Maybe we can even get a, a big Suns comeback and go perfect on the day. That would really be something. Sure All would. right, I got I got distracted by that incredible backdoor parlay cash. My God. How does that even happen? All right, uh, you just did Rams Packers, right? Is that where we left off? Yes. Correct. All right. Vikings and Falcons, then, is uh, where we stand. And this one here, I Minnesota's plus four. And, and Jeff, I'll be honest with you, I think Minnesota should be favored in this game. I think the Vikings oh should be the favorites. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I, I, 
I, I know there's no Kirk Cousins. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. like there's only so much I'm supposed to respect Jaron Hall yeah, out of BYU. Say, I was going to say, what can you tell us about Jaron Hall before you say the Vikings need yeah, to, no, need to be well, I, I Listen, I because I've read about him, I can tell you all about Jaron Hall. I'm not going to pretend I'd even heard of him before uh, doing my research, but he is, uh, you know, he's he's mobile. He's okay. accurate. He's got you know decent arm strength. Should get plenty of protection with a great O-line in front of him. There's no Grady Jarrett on the other side for the Falcons. He lit it up at BYU with Puka Nakua, who is certainly a show favorite. And uh, TJ Hawkinson has an amazing matchup against the Falcons defense that has been lit up by the likes of Dalton Schultz and Hayden Hurst. So I'm I'm looking for uh, for Jaron Hall to to cash in here. I'm not saying I would necessarily be so bold as to take Minnesota plus 170 on the money line, but plus four. I like it, but you know, given your reaction, uh, I'm going to allow you to now tell me why the Falcons are going to win this game. Wait, Jeff, I don't know if you're hearing the same thing I'm hearing, but I heard mobile and lit it up at BYU. It sounds like we got the second coming of Steve Young this weekend. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, look, 25-year-old quarterbacks are making their first career start. You know, to being drafted in the first fifth round, that's a great combo. Um, oh. So since 2021. And this is for the Action Network. Um, QBs making their first start while playing on the road are three and fifteen straight up. Um, like I said, you know, Minnesota's been playing well, so I kind of see where you're coming from. Like their defense has been playing better. I do want to give them some credit because, like, they were they're starting to look like a, a, a real real team, like better than they did last year. But man, like. This is tough. Um, again, like Jaron Hall had like a 54% completion rate, like 5.4 yards per attempt in preseason. He wasn't good. He did not look good in preseason. Um, this is a really tough spot on the road as well. And, you know, Atlanta, I, I, don't, I don't love Atlanta. I'm, I'm definitely not super pumped. But I love the fact that they finally switched to Taylor Heineke because they're – their defense isn't spectacular. They don't bring a ton of pressure, but they've got a really good lockdown corner. They're good at keeping the ball in front of them. They're good at stopping the run. And Minnesota cannot run the ball. And I think that's what scares me the most about this. You're going to ask Jaron Hall to pick apart a Falcons defense with some good playmakers back there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Falcons will be able to run the ball, move it better with Ty Heineke, no turnovers. I, I think they could win this by like 10 points. So, I mean, I, I know the steam. I don't like chasing the points here, but... You know, I think if you got it three and a half, I think even up, I, I don't say I'd play it to four and a half. I, I think the Falcons probably win this by a couple couple of scores. So it's it's just a real tough spot for the Vikings, man. Um, you can't you can't insert a guy like Jaron Hall into an offense like that, in my opinion. That's so pass based, they can't run. The Vikings got the first rushing touchdown last week. That's scary to think. Um, so I, I just I just think there's too much going against the Vikings this week. Um, I'll, I'll take the Falcons here. So the Bears, they head to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints, they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. This game opened up at just minus five-and-a-half for New Orleans. But yeah. i got to give you some stats here because we have one of the unstoppable force meets immovable object games here when it comes to against the spread. Matt Eberflus, 7-16-2 against the spread in his career. That's tied for the worst mark of any coach with at least 20 games in the Super Bowl era. Derek Carr, he's 19-34-2 against the spread as a favorite, which is the worst mark of any coach quarterback with at least 50 starts as a favorite in the Super Bowl era. What are we taking in this game? Yeah, it's so gross. I mean, Dennis Allen is one of the worst against the spread coaches of like the last 20 years as well. So, I mean, if you got the Saints minus or uh, minus five and a half or minus six, like congrats to you. I think you're in a good spot. There's no 
chance on backing the Saints at minus eight and a half. Doesn't mean I'm going to bet the Bears either. Um, but this is one, another one I'll probably look to some player props. Maybe just keep betting Chris Olave or something to, to take it over. I, I just I can't go back to the Saints at this number. I, it just you're basically just chasing, you know, a number that's just gotten way too out of control. I could see coming back with the Bears, but I mean, this is a really good Saints defense as well, and they're starting to get some momentum here after a big win. Um, I don't necessarily have an opinion on the total, so for me, this is just a complete stay away at this point because I didn't grab the early number. I do like Olave to bounce back here. I think the targeting is is something that's eventually going to translate into a big game. So if you're looking for a player prop, I'd probably go back to him. But honestly, this is one of those games where I just missed the number, and I'm just not. I'm just kind of just writing it off at this point. All right, we're going to step aside when we come back. Five more games. We'll go through them pretty quickly, and we also have to give you an NFL people's parlay so everyone do your research during the break if you haven't already come up with your absolute favorite pick for the weekend when we come back we will do that stick around back with jeff Ulrich going game by game across the nfl and we're up to the colts and panthers now i believe and uh jeff indy laying two and a half on the road in carolina a team that stunned the houston texans last time out so maybe you got uh Bryce Young playing with a, a little bit of confidence, maybe a little bit of belief in himself. We'll see how this one goes. I just think the Colts ultimately are a better team as poorly as Gardner Minshew has played in uh, relief of Anthony Richardson. But what do you think? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just laid out there. I think the Colts are a better team, um, but the Minshew factor is definitely dragging them down a little bit, turning the ball over too much. And the, the Panthers are an emerging defense, so... This game is, is a little bit more interesting than it probably first appears. Um, people probably look at it and go, why are the Colts only, you know, like under a field goal? I mean, the Panthers are, they're, they're not fun to watch, but they, they are keeping games close. Um, Bryce Young is doing, you know, slight improvements here. They're starting to get Jonathan Mingo involved more. I might bet the Colts here because I, I just, you know, I, I feel like there, there's a good chance they may just come in and just run all over this team as well with Jonathan Taylor starting to get going. They just feel like they're due for kind of one of those weeks where everything goes their way. They don't get some bad calls. Minshew doesn't turn it over. And the Panthers aren't going to ultimately put a ton of pressure on their defense, which isn't really, isn't really that great. So I do like Jonathan Mingo for some overprops here. It's another name to look at. But I lean Colts in this one. Not sure if I'll make an official bet or not, but that's definitely the way I lean in this one. So the Antonio Pierce era gets underway in Vegas this weekend. He's taking on uh, the team he won the Super Bowl with as a player, the New York Giants. Raiders, though, they're favored by one and a half at home. I think we're going to see Daniel Jones back this weekend for the Giants, uh, but 65% of the handle is on Vegas this week. I guess a lot of people are thinking that new coach bump uh, is going to power the uh, the Raiders through. Yeah, it it really kind of – I wanted to bet the Giants at the beginning of the week because – you know, Josh McDaniel, and it's just felt like an easy target. But I don't know what to do with this game now. I still lead Giants here. I think Daniel Jones being back, um, potentially a little bit of help on the O-line. They have Saquon. Um, I, I, the Giants, as bad as they look and, and as you know, gross as their games are, they, they're, they're still a well-coached team. And, you know, they're, like they're, they're out there. They're, they're, they're trying to win games, and they're doing it any way possible. And that's what I like. The Raiders are the complete antithesis of that. But obviously now you have a new coach um, injected and the owner firing everyone. You just don't know what you're going to get. So I still lean Giants here. Uh, I do like the under in this spot. If you can still get 37 and a half, I think that's pretty fair. I think, I think what you're going to get is similar game to what we saw tonight, but like 
with even worse offenses. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit worse defenses as well. But um, I, I think that the under here is, is probably going to be a pretty solid play. I, I lean Giants in this one. I think ultimately with Jones back, um, you know, they'll probably do enough just to squeeze by uh, a win. This Cowboys-Eagles team or game is interesting. Obviously, a couple of NFC East yeah. rivals. Uh, this, I, I don't know. Jalen Hurts, you know, should obviously have some some time to work, uh, given the Eagles' ability to block the Cowboys' middle of the pack pass rush. Uh, they're as we know, Dallas is is stout against the rush. So DeAndre Swift, Hurts, and his mobility may have a little bit of trouble, but. Then on the other side, you have a Cowboys offense with Dak and obviously CeeDee Lamb that should certainly be able to exploit an Eagles secondary that has been dismal all year long. So other than looking at trends, Jeff, where I see the the home team has won the last eight meetings between these two games, uh, or two teams, pardon me, I, I don't know which way to go with this one. The Eagles laying three at home. Yeah, I, I lean Eagles here. Um and I mean, it's 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 a home thing, sure. But I mean, like, and you can you can look at the trends. But I, I just also think, you know, like the Eagles. You mentioned the O line. Um, you know, you, you mentioned like you know Dak Prescott. To his credit, has played really well the last couple of games. But I, I think the Eagles are going to be able to do enough things here that that you know they're going to be able to counteract any movement that uh, the Cowboys are going to be able to make. And I do think the Cowboys will probably have some success. But Cowboys could potentially be down an O lineman. Uh, Turn Smith, I believe, still questionable. They definitely had a couple people out in practice early in the week. I think that hurts them a little bit. Cowboys haven't been able to run the ball, um, so they're really going to need that. And if they're down protection as well, I think that's going to hurt. Um, you know, I, I like a couple bets in this game, though. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, not even the spread. I think you mentioned Dak Prescott being able to move the ball here. He's got a low prop of 249. I like going over on that, potentially even like parlaying it with his attempts, if he can do that on a book. You know, bet 365, he can do that a couple other places. Uh, but parlaying Dak with um, a couple over props, I think he's, he's going to have a good game one way or the other. And then DeAndre Swift, you mentioned too, 13.5 rush attempt prop, really like going over that, potentially parlaying that with his, his rush yards as well. Um, Kenneth Gainwell going on halftime, uh, like Insta Snapchat or whatever, halftime last week, um, <laughs> not, not really a great call by him. So I think Swift is going to get all he can handle here. Uh, Cowboys ran the ball on average of 20 times with Miles Sanders last year in two games. Uh, They gave their lead back all they could handle against the Cowboys, and they'll probably do it again. Sunday night football, we have a good one this week. The Bills, they're at Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by two points here. This one opened up Bills minus one, but if this goes off with Cincinnati being the favorite, it will snap the Bills' 26 straight regular season game streak as being a favorite, which was the longest active streak in the NFL. Uh, How are you playing this game? Yeah, I, I lean Bengals. Um, you know, I like the move that the Bills made, getting Rasul Douglas at the trade deadline. I'm just not sure if you'll see any fruits from it this week. Pretty pretty tough to just come in um, a little bit cold to a new team and, and make a huge impact, especially when you're playing you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. So um, I, I think that the Bills secondary has issues. I don't like the way that, you know, they kind of allowed uh, Tampa Bay to get back in the game. And I still worry about, you know, just them being down their two defenses, best defensive players, Milano and and Tredavious White, I just don't know if they're going to have enough here to get past Cincinnati. Cincinnati was uh, kind of on their way to, to running past the Bills before that game got um, you know, suspended last year. Then they beat them in the playoffs. I'm just not sure what has changed here. I, I think Cincinnati will be able to move the ball a little bit on the ground. And if they can't, you know, Joe Burrow will just beat them, who's been extremely good since uh, his calf fully healed. So 
lean Bengals here, lean with, uh, you know, the steam and where this line's going. I think under three, though, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take a piece of Cincinnati. Jets will do the Monday night game uh, fast here. Chargers at the Jets. The Chargers are five and two to the under. The Jets are four and three to the under. It should come as no surprise that seventy six percent of the handle is on under forty points. What's this game look like to you? This one's easy. It'll go fast because I'm taking the Jets at three and a half. I don't know why people keep delving this team. Got a great defense. Chargers beat the Bears on prime time. Congratulations. Um, you're still the Chargers. It's, uh, it's a tough spot, too, going outdoors for uh, you know a, a Los Angeles team. Nothing against – I love Justin Herbert. I really do. I still think he's a little underrated, but uh, got to take the Jets at over a field goal. All right, guys. Well, let's build out a people's parlay, see if we can uh, cash another winner. It's always nice when I can say another. Let's see if we can cash another winner. Jeff, you being the guest, start us off. What's your favorite play of the weekend? Remember, it can be anything. It can be a player prop, whatever right. you want. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I'll give you my player prop from the Eagles game. DeAndre Swift over 13.5 carries. Um, really do think he's in a great spot. He's gone over this in five, uh, four of his last five games, I believe. Like I said, I, I think the Eagles are going to run the ball a lot against Dallas. Makes sense. Neutralizes the pass rush a little. Give me Swift over 13.5. Uh, should be able to get it at least minus 115, maybe even minus 110 still. All right, Dan. All right, I'm also going to do a running back prop. I'm going to head to that Colts-Panthers game. Uh, guys, Jonathan Taylor's prop still sitting in the low 60s right now. Let's scoop it up at over 63.5. That's where it's sitting at MGM. It's at there at uh, DraftKings as well. FanDuel right now, it's already creeped up to 67. But anyways, the Panthers, they're terrible against the run. Jeff was talking about it earlier, that there's big-time potential for Indy just to run all over them. They've allowed the second-most yards and the most touchdowns and the second-highest yards per carry to running back so far this season. Jay JT's been heating up uh, 75 yards in his uh, two weeks ago, 95 last week. Let's hope he can just get us into the upper 60s this week. Yeah, All like right, it. so 64 and a half you're yep. sitting on. Yeah, as All long right. as it's under 70, just lock it in. All right, now, so... <laughs> That's confidence what's, right there. Yep. Yeah, right. So, guys, I, I got to tell you, I have been... Uh, every NFL weekend, I've had a whole lot of conviction going into this time of the week, and this is just such a, a weird slate of games yeah, that I, 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 I really don't. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. So there there are two bets that I like. I'm I'm just curious if you guys like one more than the other. And I'm I'm perfectly comfortable uh deferring on this. Go with your gut. Texans minus two and a half is one of them. I mentioned it earlier. The other one is a player prop if we wanted to go all player props across the board, which is Geno Smith over 219 and a half passing yards. It's uh, a, a lower number in a, a game that uh, I think he's going to be prompted to throw against the Ravens. So these are two picks that uh, that I'm that I'm drawn to. Jeff, do you have a uh, do you, you like s- one more than the other? Where are you seeing 219? I'm seeing 232. Uh, where I thought I saw 219 earlier on FanDuel. Hmm. I got 232 on DraftKings. That's a pretty big uh, difference there. Yeah, well, let's let me let me double check it. Well, yeah, let me let, let me double check it. Caesars too. All right, let me just hey, hang on. Doesn't matter where the two thirties are. Let's make sure the two nineteen exists on uh, on FanDuel. Otherwise, that'll make our decision pretty easy, won't it? Because uh, I'm not going up to two thirty two. He's right. Two nineteen on FanDuel. Wow. Yeah, so. nineteen on FanDuel. Okay, let's let's go, Geno Smith. I, I'm I'm going to give my my company a plug. We got. Geno Smith at Fantasy Life projected for over 226. So 
and, you know, we, we would lean over there too. So if, if you get them at the 219, I think that's a good play. All right. Well, so this might be a, uh, a FanDuel exclusive to get that number then. Uh, we can, we can double check that. Yeah. So Taylor's uh, at 67 and a half there. I still like it. Okay. And we can can we parlay the rushing attempts for Swift there on FanDuel? Uh, they're not up they yet. They may not have rushing attempts up. Not up yet. Okay. And is FanDuel the only yeah. one that has, uh, I'm guessing FanDuel's the only one that has that number? Uh, 219 and a half. Yes. Yeah, yeah, BetMGM is in the 230s, well, Caesars we 230s. Could, we could, you know, FanDuel has a pretty generous line on Swift's rush yards. 54 and a half. It's actually two yards lower than anywhere else. So we could switch to the over on his rush yards, or we could do. Yeah, that would probably be the other. No, option. I don't want to. I don't want to screw <laughs> you up your pick. To well, why don't, then why don't you just take Texans and we'll. Yeah, let's go back to Texans minus two and a half. Okay. That's this is this is fate intervening, fellas. Let's do that. Fair enough. And so if I put, uh, let's see, if I put those together, you guys tell me if you're seeing anything the better. The just, but... just got taken down on DK. Oh, really? Yeah. Which did? Uh, the Houston line. They just closed it. <laughs> They're oh. listening. Yeah. The books are listening. And we have to break badly. <laughs> All right. We're going to break. We're going we're gonna to sort this out when we come back. But those are the three picks, Jeff. I'll text you, let you know the best odds okay. for them. But uh, that's what we're doing. Moose. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on, buddy. Okay, guys. See you later. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Now it's time to put this show to bed <sighs> with my pillow. Thanks again to Jeff Ulrich. Thanks to the fine folks over at My Pillow for uh, helping us put this show to bed. I'm looking forward to taking some medicine and going to bed. But uh, with. All right. So plus 578 on DraftKings. If I'm not mistaken, Dan, that so, is the laying three. So that's laying three. Lane three. If you do the alt okay. line at minus two and a half, it's a plus five nineteen, which is what we wanted to do. Right. Okay. So it, it just be you know personal preference to you out there. If you if you want to you know knock the sixty cents off, but that's you, what I'm doing. Yeah, but obviously you avoid any potential push that would bring it down that much more. Totally fine. Or uh, obviously say, ah, oh, they're going to win by you know at, at least four. Then you know you're comfortable doing the uh, the the five seventy eight. But either way, plus five something parlay, and and I think the college parlay was plus six hundred something like that. So mm-hmm. we've uh, we got ourselves a couple meaty parlays on the uh, you know right on the heels of cash and one tonight, fellas. Yeah, way to go. Definitely good stuff. <laughs> by the skin of our teeth. Unbelievable. Well. Great stuff from Colby Dant. Great stuff from Jeff Ulrich. Great stuff from, uh, you know, uh, Okonkwo on the final drive. And uh, hopefully a, a great night for the show as well. So thanks so much, everyone. We will talk to you again on Monday. If you missed any of the show, the podcast, The Gambler with Adam Kaufman, available to you wherever you get your podcasts. Let's make some money this weekend. Talk soon. For the best night's sleep you've ever had, go to MyPillow.com and use the code GAMBLER. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.